Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to the coaching staff, episode number 25. Tony, who's the best number 25 ever to play basketball? Best number 25 That's ever a good to play number. basketball. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Because we, talk, we talked about Kobe with 24 and MJ yeah. with 23. Jordan was 23, 25. I don't even know if I can name a guy that wore 25. Yeah. Jawan Howard was 25 at Michigan. At Michigan, that's yeah. probably – that'd probably be it. Yeah, that's that that comes to mind. So we're going to call this the Jawan Howard episode. Um like episode. It. Yeah, okay. Uh, episode Wolverine. Huh? The Wolverine episode. The Wolverine, yeah, not the Red Dawn Wolverines, you know. So Charlie Charlie Sheen and and Patrick yeah. Swayze kicking butt and Back taking when names. Movies were movies. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, oh man, what a great movie! What a great movie! You know, we did we do the film room. Uh, you know, we did those film rooms, and those were a lot of fun to do. And I I know the only sport that they played in Red Dawn was football for like a minute and a half, maybe yep. uh, when they had the touch football game. I think I got to find a way to fit Red Dawn into the film room. Just, just being a child of the '80s, I think that I don't know. I got, I got to find a way to make that work, Tony. Give me some time to make that work, and I'll see what you I can, can do. It. Uh, I can try. So, but no, episode number twenty-five, the Jawan Howard episode, and we are going to talk about narrowing your rotations. Uh, off air, Tony and I were talking a little bit about our teams, as we as we always do uh, before we get on, and and. Uh, uh, Tony's uh, wrapping up his uh, JV season, his sophomore season. Uh, this week is our last week of the regular season. We start postseason play next week, and and there's a lot of things to consider when you're narrowing down your rotations. It's it's there's a lot of tough decisions that you have to make, uh, and and I think that uh, you know there's there's a lot of th- there's a lot of uh, variables that go into making those decisions as to who you're going to play and who you're not going to play uh, as you get into February and hopefully, you know, early March for your for your team. So, uh, you know, Tony, I, I think one of the things that you try to do, and I'll start with this, uh, you try to give any kid that you believe has or should have a legitimate shot at getting minutes with your team, hopefully... In December and January, you've given those kids some stretches to try and prove themselves so that, unfortunately, in this world that we live in where you got to kind of cover your tuchus a little bit and be able to say to a degree, hey, I gave Jimmy or Mary an opportunity and we gave them X amount of games and we just we didn't have the chemistry and maybe it was their fault, maybe it wasn't their fault, but we just, we just didn't have this or that or whatever it may be. But I, I think those uh, times are are the, the the experimental times and now you're kind of at the point where you're done experimenting and you've got to kind of for better or worse you've got to kind of settle in on who are going to be your top 7 to 9 kids depending on how many kids you play uh, to to set yourself up for the stretch run and I think that's b- before we even get to this point I think that's something that you have to think about uh you know how, how, I'm going to start with that Tony what you know where do you want to go with that yeah, I mean, when you take a look, like you were talking about early on, early on, November, December, you know, I think you use the word experimentation. And I think that's exactly what you want to do is you want to experiment, figure out what you have, because, you know, practice is great and everything. But when you put them out there under the pressure of a game, the bright lights, crowd officials, all that stuff, 
sometimes that can do different things to different players and things like that. And you want to give them enough film. You want to give them enough, you know, opportunity, you know, like you mentioned earlier to show what they can do, but there comes a point in time. Consistency is, is obviously very key. I mean, as a coach, you want to know as, as close as you can anyway, what are you going to get out of a specific player each and every time out? You know, is it the yeah. roulette wheel? Is it a situation where, yeah. you know, you can count on, you know, them doing this, that, and the other. Yep. Um, can can I so, jump in on that, Tony? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, you, you hit that word. For me, that's just a big part. For better or worse, what, what am I going to get from you? What am I going to get from you? And I, I think most coaches would agree that the most maddening players that you have to coach are the ones that are just so doggone inconsistent. And and I think, again, when, when it comes down to it, it's it's everybody talks about the teams that catch lightning in a bottle, the NC States with Jim Valvano and all that other stuff. But for every one of those that catch lightning in the bottle and, and, and jump on those streaks or whatever it may be, uh, there's a hundred, if not a thousand teams that fail because of that lack of consistency. And, and, and that consistently as a team starts with consistency as players. And, and I think, you know, players will come back and say, well, I had 10 points against East High. It's like, yeah, but the three games before that, you had two you had two points combined in those three games, and you had nine turnovers. So, yeah, you had that one great game, but three out of four games were pretty crappy there, Tommy. And, and I think those are conversations that you have to have. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if it's one out of ten, you know, that, that's hard. <laughs> I use the, use the analogy of a roulette wheel where you pull it down. Every once in a while, you can get, you know, what you need, three in a row of whatever. But most of the time, you're crapping out. Yeah. And you know, it's a deal where you want to, as a coach, know what are you going to get. And it's not like a promise of numbers. It's not, hey, you know, I'm going to get you 10 points or I'm going to get you whatever. It's more about effort. Are you yeah. going to play hard every time you're out there? And are you, do you know what we're doing? Yes. The, the if mental they game. are in the right spot, they're communicating and stuff like that. You consistently know what you're going to get as a coach that helps you sleep better at night. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, and most coaches, and I, I'm guessing you're the same way, Tony, um, as if you don't turn the ball over on offense and, but, and you are in the right spot and you do your job on defense, you're probably going to find minutes. You're probably going to find minutes because most coaches are going to err on the side of, okay, you know, we got this one kid, uh, or you know, we we need we just need three or four kids, uh, perhaps that let's say we need three kids, six, seven, eight, or 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 five, six, seven. We need those kids to play great defense, take care of the ball, make a layup and do smart things. And players one through four or one through five will do most of the scoring for us, especially as you get towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that consistency thing is is such a big deal. Um, I, I, I know that one of the hard decisions that a lot of coaches go through uh, this time of year is you have, and, and again, this is the toughest part of being a high school coach, and, and, and most of our listeners are going to be high school coaches. One of the hardest decisions that you have is, do I play an underclassman ahead of an upperclassman, especially towards the end of the year, and does that leave a sour taste in the mouth of that upperclassman, whether they're a graduating senior or they might be a returning junior? Uh, I, I think once the calendar turns to February, I, I think you, you don't, you can't, if you're going to be, uh, 
if, if you're going to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. And if you've truly said that, hey, in our school, uh, the best seven, eight, nine kids are going to play in the varsity games. If you've given that those 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 juniors and seniors an opportunity over a sophomore or freshman, and they have consistently been outplayed both by the eye test and if you go to the stats and and stuff like that, uh, I think that's just something you have to deal with as as a coach because because you know February is time to win and and you got to find you got to find wins and that's where it's got to start at. And you may feel like, well, I'm doing a disservice to my upperclassmen. Well, what about your other upperclassmen? Because, I, you know, there's not many teams that's going to be all freshmen and sophomores. There's going to be, you know, juniors and seniors in your mix. And if you are not playing the best players, how is that fair to these seniors when you've made that your mantra, if you will? Mm-hmm. I'm going to play the best, I'm going to play the best. And then you keep playing this kid that's not getting the job done when you have this freshman sophomore who's been outperforming them consistently mm-hmm. you know it's not fair to those kids that have invested three four years in your program and you're not your words aren't adding up with your actions coaches you know just as well as i do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs but sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for over the past 25 years i've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs and now i'd like to share some of my favorites with you the A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available for you, to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. Yeah, you have to stay credible with your kids, with your program, and and it's it's hard, you know. Really good players are a lot harder to find than really bad players, Tony. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, and and to figure that one out. Yeah, I started to, but you know you, uh, you 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 have to you have to go to that place where uh, okay, if I've got to make a decision. Um, I've got to make the decision for the good of the program, and I've got to make that decision to, and, and, and it's not just about that. If you have, and again, like in your situation, my situation is a little bit different, Tony. Uh, we're right outside of Omaha, but our, our kids are going to be our kids for the most part, okay? But let's say you're in Cedar Rapids, and you know, coach says best players play no matter what, no matter what class they're in, so forth and so on. Uh, but then they see John playing average seniors above really, really good sophomores and freshmen. And they, it's the whole, you know, Joe Paterno, well, you got to wait your time because that's the way we did it back in 1964 type of a thing. Um, they're, they're not going to go to Kennedy. That's just the way the world works today. Kids want to play, Kids, you know, whether it's right or not. Uh, instant gratification is, is part of it. And if, if they have a coach and People believe it or not, there's going to be coaches talking to kids, trying to get them to go to their school, whether they live in their district or not. And they're going to, if that coach says, Hey, Billy, you know, I don't think this is right. And I never did this. And I lost kids uh, when, when I was at a parochial school. And, and I'll be the first one to admit that when I was at a Catholic school, did, did we try to recruit kids to come to our program? Yeah, because we were at a parochial school, and every kid, every kid that came to that school, was a recruited kid. The, the The tuba players were recruited. 
the the, uh, the the academic kids were recruited in some way, shape, or form. There was literature or uh, whatever sent to those kids to encourage them to come there. Um, now, there's a whole different story with public schools and things like that, and I get that. Uh, but when public schools are out there, you know, they're, they're going to say, there's going to be people that are going to say whatever they need to say to get that kid to come to their school. And part of selling your program, if you want to be a quality program, is playing the players that deserve to play when it's time to win. And in February, it's time to win. Yeah. Yep. February is when uh, memories are made and your legacy is cemented, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's one of those things where did you get the job done? Because that's, that's the important time of the year. That's when the money's on the table and you've got to have kids out there that, that bring that home. You know, part of the thing is you work your way through the season is your guys are getting in better shape. Yeah. And as they get into better shape, you know, your, your bell cows, your horses, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they are going to be able to play longer. Yeah. And so, again, that's going to help narrow your rotation down some too there because of the fact that they're in better shape, they're able to play longer, and that rotation gets tighter. Mm-hmm. And usually, Tony, um, we you know, teams that play a lot of kids because they, they pressure a lot. You know, they, they press, they get up and down. What happens usually to pressure teams as the season goes along, Tony? Turnovers go down, transition opportunities kind of evaporate, and those teams that had a really big advantage because of their ability to create turnovers and stuff off the press, they are starting to lose games that they were winning because, again, people take care of the ball better, they run their press breaks, they run their sets better, and so that how's those teams kind of go by the wayside. And and so if you're losing because you're pressing, what does a smart coach not do as much? You don't press as much anymore. You are now understanding that, hey, this time of the season, I've got to get stops in the half court, and the majority of teams get stops in the half court by playing man-to-man defense. Yeah. So if you're not pressing, you're not playing as many kids because you are conserving it. Maybe, you know, at the beginning of the year, you're pressing 32 minutes for all 94 by 50. Well, maybe you're still pressing, but maybe you're only pressing half the game. Maybe it's only about 16 minutes total. But for 16 minutes, you're getting back into your, your half-court defense, whatever that may be. And and I think that's another thing that people don't realize, uh, parents, players, that type of thing that they don't realize is, well, yeah, in in, in – December, we were playing 10 kids because we were just rotating. We were flying around. Well, hey, now we're not pressing as much because of the nature of the beast, and especially the deeper you get into the postseason, the better the teams are. And usually, the better the teams are, what's the most important position that the teams are best at? Point guard. And who's going to handle the ball well against pressure? Really good point guards. So you're not doing that as much. So now, instead of playing 10, you're playing 8. Maybe you're mixing and matching your pressure a little bit. But again, you're narrowing that rotation down. So... um other than consistency, what are some other things you look for in your uh, in your you know when you, when you're narrowing your rotation as the season goes along, Tony? You know, I think it, it depends upon you know what do your starters bring you know mm-hmm. because if you're a team that you know attacks the rim, you play downhill, and then all of a sudden you run into a team that you know uh, plays you zone or gets back and makes you make four, five, six passes you might need some outside shooting. And so you might bring a shooter in off the bench a little bit, but you're going to bring kind of those, those uh, 
niche guys that they're bringing something to the table. Maybe yeah. they, they're a strong rebounder, or maybe they are great at swinging the ball side to side. But you're going to be finding those those players that, as you narrow it down, that bring something. They do something really, really well, and you're going to want to make sure you get those guys in there because of the fact that that's their calling card. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I've started to look at, and, and again, uh even at the high school level with huddle assist and that type of stuff, we have more statistics than we've ever had before. Um, one of the things I've really started to look at, not that I didn't look at it before, but you know, what's our plus minus on a consistent yep. basis. And, and then again, that's an exact science. You may put in a kid uh, for 30 seconds at the end of the first quarter and they're, you know, you're on defense and the other team hits a three at the end of the quarter, and they never even guarded the ball one time in that entire possession. But they get, yep. you know, they're a minus three in one minute of that time. You know, so so it's it, it's inexact. But I, I know that um, if necessary, uh, that's one of the stats that, that I take a look at after every game to kind of, you know, okay, it felt like we were playing really well when, when Susie was out there, uh, uh, let's take a look at the plus minus. Yep, played 24 minutes and we were plus 19 in those 24 minutes. Yep, we were playing the right kid at that time. You know, uh, we had a deal uh, last night. I was telling you, Tony, off air that our, our point guard got hurt last night. And mm-hmm. and so we had to, we had kind of established our starting lineup for about the last month or so. These, these were our five kids that had pretty much started every game. And uh, so we had to, Obviously, especially in the second half, start somebody else, and we started. We, we had a choice between two kids. We went with this one direction, and she was like, she played fifteen minutes, and she was like plus thirteen. So I was like, okay, we made the right decision there uh, when when we played that gal. And the other girl, other girl had a had a nice game. It wasn't like she played poorly, but you know, she was plus five or six in in twelve minutes or something like that. So, and again, some of that can be circumstantial, but. Uh, you know, th- those are things that I look at, and and if a kid says, "Hey, you know, hey, coach, how come, how come, you know, again, Billy's playing ahead of me?" Well, Tommy, you know, let's take a look at our last three games. You played ten minutes and you were minus four. You played twelve minutes and you were minus eight, and you played seven minutes and you were minus six, and that's why you know i mean one game it's an anomaly but you get three or four games like that i think with the the convenience of modern statistics and stuff like that uh you know you can look at effective field goal percentage uh as as another kind of advanced stat that you can use to help narrow down your rotations and and again there's the traditional ones turnovers uh things like that but i think it's important that you take a look at your advanced stats if you have them available to you to help narrow down that rotation as well we have what we call a player efficiency rating Uh and it factors in how many minutes they played shot attempts turnovers rebounds steals charges and then it has like a little uh breakdown as far as what the formula is and so that's one that we use as well um but yeah that plus minus is is a good one too Mm -hmm. um anything else on narrowing down your rotations tony you know, I think you were kind of alluding to this a little, a little bit too, Marty, when you were talking about plus minus, you know, is how well do they play with the other kids, you yeah. know, and like, you got to talk to your kids. We've talked about that before. If you where you don't have communication, negativity fills in. Um, but who do the kids enjoy playing with? 
you know, as far as your starters and stuff. And sometimes it's important to get that feedback from them. You know, hey, I've been looking this. What do you think about them? Well, yeah, I really enjoy playing with them. They seem to be in the right spot. You know, they talk well on the defensive end. You know, I feel like they're help defense. They're where they're supposed to be. And so, yeah, I think that's a part of it, too. How well do they fit in with your key cogs? How well do they play together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, you can kind of, uh, do that with that plus minus type of a deal as well. You know, hey, you know, these five kids have our highest plus minus. Uh, maybe we should try playing those five together, you know. Mm-hmm. And and like the you said, stretches. yeah, or, you know, it's just, you know, the eye test. It's just like playing on the playground or playing a pickup game at the rec center. You know, you and I are in the wheelchair division at this point, Tony, but. Uh, oh, the but geriatric, whichever you <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you had guys that were fun to play pickup ball with, and then you had guys that you're like, ah, oh, God, that guy's gonna shoot it every time he touches it, or yep. you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be lazy, they're you know, they, you know, you know, just all those things that that, and, and I think those are especially with the leaders of your team, your captains, you know, what you know, what's what's the vibe, we you know, how, how, how's everybody feeling, you know, and and if a name comes up or something like that, you know, that's that's another thing that you kind of think about as well. You know, um, hey, how's everybody? You know, let's say you got a group of juniors and seniors, but you've got, let's say, uh, one one or two sophomore. How, you know, how, how's how's everybody feeling about Todd, the sophomore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, hey, yeah, you know, he, he does a lot of good stuff, coach. He, we really like playing with him. Oh, OK. You know, just a little, little something to remember, you know, and, and, and I think that's part of it, too, is is you've got to communicate with your with your team and especially your leaders. Um, in a very subtle, but but I don't know if firm is the right word, Tony, but uh, just a, a direct communication of, you know, hey, if you're kind of curious about how kids are feeling about playing with Fred instead of Pete, um, that that's those are good conversations to have. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I like it like you mentioned, talking to those key cogs, those main guys, how do you feel about so-and-so? Do you enjoy playing with them? You know, yeah, I mean, when he's when when he's on the floor, he makes things happen, or whatever. But yeah, I think those are important conversations, and you know, you're not obviously letting them pick the rotation, mm-hmm. but it's like you know, they, you got to have a they got to have some preferences, and factor that in as you make your decisions. Mm-hmm. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin Video Library. There they are, the headlining act of the third annual A Pen and a Napkin Coaches Clinic, Saturday, April the 1st. And guess what, Tony? We've got the lineup of coaches finalized as of today, buddy. Oh, wow. Yeah. What do we got? Uh, 
That's that's in double secret probation oh, status okay. right now. Uh, uh, basically, ninety five percent of everything is in place, uh, but I'm going to wait until everything is officially in place before we start putting stuff out there, uh, putting registrations out, and that type of stuff. But mark your calendar, Saturday, April first. We're gonna have. I, I, I can tell you this. Uh, we'll, we'll put this out here. Um, we're going to start about nine thirty in the morning. Uh, we're going to have three on court demonstrations. We're going to have some classroom. Uh, demonstrations. Uh, one of the things that I think sets our coaches clinic uh, apart from other coaches clinic is we give time for uh, those attending the clinic to talk with other coaches who are attending the clinic and to bounce ideas off of one another as uh, we, we, we take a couple of sessions to do that and we keep people moving around and that type of thing. So not only do we have six really, really good coaches that are going to be presenting as the day goes along, uh, but we have a couple of sessions of, of uh, just feedback with, with the people that are attending the clinic to bounce ideas off of one another. And we did that last year and folks just absolutely loved it. So we're, we're going to stick with it. Uh, it's a really affordable clinic. Uh, and, and, uh, we, we purposely put it on, uh, Saturday, April the 1st, uh, because that is the date of the men's final four. And we're going to have a little social afterwards. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, if you want to stick around, we're going to watch the the first Final Four game uh, in in uh, one of our restaurants here in town, big sponsor of the school, and and I think folks are going to love it. So uh, this is this is going to drop on Friday. Uh, let's do this on Monday. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drop all that information, maybe even sooner. I don't know, um, but but it's going to be coming out very very soon. How about that, Tony? It's it's coming. I like that. So uh, so you get you coming over, Tony? Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to make it work. Um, you know, it's it's hard for me with my classwork right now to plan that plan that stuff out. But yeah, I, w- I would like to try. If it's a kind of a slower time in my classwork, I'll probably make it that way. If I've got to turn in some big assignments, I probably will be sitting around here working on trying to get stuff submitted. Tony, you got paid this week. All right, I did. I got RB coupons. And, you know, the crazy thing is, I think I, uh, when Rita was going to work this morning, I said, hey, RB Shake, we buy one, get one free. <laughs> so we might even be working, it might be using one of that. Uh, so uh, for our loyal listeners, you know this, but I keep joking with Tony that I'm going to pay him an Arby's coupon as well. We got our pen and a napkin gear, which please, folks, you know, uh, it's good stuff. Don't, don't, it's a nice T-shirt, isn't it, Tony? I'm wearing it right now. Are you it, seriously? It is. Yeah, it is a great T-shirt. Yeah. I broke it out today at practice. And some of my kids were asking about it. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm awesome. So uh, I, I know we've got a lot of listeners, um, you know, just – to to help support the, the the pod and the Twitter handle, you know we you know we've done a lot uh, for for other coaches. You know, I'd appreciate a little love. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna not admit that. Uh, you know, so if you're interested, order in a shirt. Uh, Twenty two bucks for a t shirt. Thirty dollars for a sweatshirt. Everybody that I've talked to that's bought it has said, man, this whether it's a t shirt or a sweatshirt, uh, they love it. Uh, they're really really comfortable. And uh, so. Uh, give a, send me a DM, send me an email. We'll get you set up. We'll get everything put together here and, and get that out to you. So, uh, but you, you did get paid, Tony. I, I did, for, you did get your Arby, Arby's coupons. I literally sent Tony Arby's coupons in the mail, uh, as, as part of his payment. So, uh, we, we got that. So, uh, but the clinic is coming details, you know, by the, maybe by the time people hear this, maybe I'll just change my mind and, and put everything out there for the clinic as well. So, uh, we got that coming up here soon. So, but Europe will be, 
uh, in between the clinic and the Final Four game, Europe will be putting on a show. This week's opening act for Europe, uh, we are in talks with Animotion. Animotion. Do you remember Animotion, Tony? Doesn't. <laughs> you are an obsession. You're my obsession. Who do you want me to be? Uh, yeah, you know, again, uh, the fax machine is broken on their end. I, I, don't, I haven't got anything back, so uh, we're waiting to hear from them. So, But it, it's trivia time, Tony. What do you got for us, my man? All right. Now all this good vibe that we had going on about to take the air right out of the room. All right. Are you ready? I was as, as, as ready as 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 ready as I can be. Uh, I couldn't think. I was going to say something sarcastic, but I couldn't think of something sarcastic. So, All right. Caitlin Clark recently became the all-time Big Ten leader, men and women's players, in triple doubles. Okay. Who did she knock off? From the perch. In the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. Male or female? Female. Female. Katie Smith from Ohio State. Katie Smith is a good guess. You're a little too late. You're a little too late. Uh, this player, uh, a little more modern. A little more, and very modern. I believe. I believe. <laughs> you don't even know when she played. I'm pretty sure I know. Good gosh, jeez. Um, okay, so Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois has been terrible. Northwestern's not good. Indiana's good. Purdue's been good. If I name the school, will will you will you tell me? Yeah. Um. Do you just want a hint? Yeah. Yeah, give me another hint. Fellow Hawkeye. Oh. Um, it wouldn't be Kara Gustafson, would it be? It's not Megan Gustafson. Or Megan Gustafson. Uh, sorry. It's all right. Kara's probably happy that you named her, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, geez. Uh, fellow Hawkeye. Uh, Big Ted doubles. Uh who was that player of the year that they had about four years ago? I can't, she was a guard. Uh, that's my final guess. Um, I, I can't remember her name, but I know she was a point guard. She was really good. Um, I can't, oh, the I, one that committed to Nebraska and then came to Iowa instead when they had the coaching change? Might have been something like that. I can't remember her name. But. It wasn't her, but that that is a really good guess. It was actually a little bit before her. Sam Logic. Tony? That is the worst trivia question in the history of mankind. I told you I was going to ruin all the good vibe that we had going on and suck the air completely out of the room on it. I'm going to send you trivia questions to ask me, I think, from now (laughs) on. Thank you. Thank you. It'll take a lot of pressure off. (laughs) Uh, I'm definitely not going to send you geography questions, that's for sure. So, but... (laughs) Or World War II for that account. Oh, yes, when, when the aliens invaded in World War II and you know, the Tans- Tasmanian devil led them in, into <laughs> battle. <you know? laughs> oh, God, how do you keep your job? I, I got to ask right now. I've asked that question now for 30 some years. <laughs> oh, well, it only took us 30 minutes this week to lose everybody, so... Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. 
As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, sporting event you're looking forward to. This, well, this one's a this one's a no brainer, isn't it? Uh, the Super Bowl. Oh, I thought it was going to be the cricket world championships or something like that. But uh, <laughs> Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl, go Eagles! Should be a good one. Should be a good one. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. The only thing, you know, I just I, I, I'm I think the Eagles are going to win just simply because of the fact that it seemed like the AFC Championship game, uh, the the. Chiefs had a pretty heavy injury yeah. um, with, with that front. Obviously, Mahomes will be a little bit better than what he was, but losing Hardman and some of those other guys, I just I, I, I think the Eagles are on a roll. They've only lost one time with Hurts under center or in shotgun, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think the Eagles are going to do it. Yeah, I I'm gonna, you? for me. Yeah. Um, NBA draft deadline. Ooh. Or not NBA, NBA trade deadline, excuse trade. me. Did you see trade. the one that just happened? Oh, uh, today? Yeah, Russell Westbrook is going to the Jazz, and then D'Angelo Russell, who was at one time with the Lakers, is going to the Lakers. Mike Conley and uh, I'm trying to remember, Jerry Vanderbilt, maybe, mm-hmm. are going to the T-Wolves. That's, uh, I think that works for everybody involved. Off the top of my head, now the Lakers are still—they're still not going to be good enough to really do anything. No, um, I mean, I think it gets them at least into the play-in, which I mean, they weren't that far out anyway. Yeah. Um, but you know, the interesting thing with it will be as D'Angelo Russell comes in. You know, Russell Westbrook was coming off the bench. Are you going to bring him in off the bench? Or are you going to sit? You know, Pat Bev or Schroeder or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah, it just depends on what the the structure of the team is or what you're going to do. I like the trade for the Jazz because they're going to get off Russ's money and and he'll he'll help them lose. Um I think that's a good move for them. Um or they they might just buy him out. I could see them just buying him out and I and I think I think Mike Conley to the Timberwolves is a really really good trade because he he's he's the perfect guy to play along with. Uh, Towns at Gobert. He, he's not gonna. He's not gonna need to shoot a bunch. He's just gonna set the table, not screw up. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Edwards. Oh, he, yeah, you know, he's he's good. It, he's good. So um, yeah, that's the thing I was wondering, just from the standpoint of I think Conley fits better by Anthony Edwards. But the one thing is, Carl Anthony Towns and uh, D'Angelo Russell were really really good friends. And yeah. So. I kind of wonder what that does with you know his relationship with the with the organization. Yeah, and and I think you know Russell Westbrook. I, I feel bad for him. I don't think he's a bad guy or anything like. Obviously, I don't know him personally, but uh, but I, I just think he's just struggled to you know he's kind of in that Allen Iverson. This is what I was instead mm-hmm. of you know this is what I am uh, mode, and I 
you know, I, I, I just think he's, you know, uh, he just, I, I think this year he's actually tried to adjust. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it just hasn't worked. And, and that's too bad for him. I, I think he's an unbelievable individual player, I, you know, but, you know, he, it just hasn't worked. Um, what did you think of the Kyrie trade? You know, it was, it was interesting from the standpoint. It sounded like the owner for the Nets um, had kind of had enough of Kyrie. And yeah. so he knew that Kyrie wanted to go to uh, the Lakers. And there was no way he was going to send him to the Lakers because of the souring of that relationship. Um, yeah. But I just, I don't know how Kyrie and uh, Luca fit together. That just doesn't seem like a good fit to me. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I just don't think Kyrie's going to be willing to go sit in the corner and wait for Luca to kick it yeah. to the corner off penetration. But Luca now has another guy who can make shots at a high level. And when he needs a break, you got a guy that can handle it um, and you want to score while he's out, which they didn't really have that before. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of wonder the puzzle that the, the Nets are going to put together. And will the Durant piece move? Because yeah. there's rumors that if he wants out, Phoenix will come along and try to offer a pretty sweet package to get him to the get him to the desert. Yeah, I would I would not trust anybody with Kyrie Irving. I I wouldn't. I mean, you, you know, I heard it on. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and 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 somebody made the comparison of uh, you know Kyrie Irving is. Uh, the, the really attractive man or woman that, you know, has just left every personal relationship, uh, romantic relationship that they've ever had just in, in flames. But, but you're like, but they're really good looking, man. They're really good looking. Yeah. But did you see what happened with Ted and Frank and Pete and Bob? Yeah, I know. And she might be a little crazy, but Man, she's really good looking, or you know, flip it around the other way with it. And, and I was like, "Yep, you know what? That's the best description of Kyrie Irving I've I've ever heard." And yeah. and and you know, we talked about in in our segment of the pod about consistency and knowing what you want and what you to, what you expect. And I, I just think you you if it walks like a duck, a duck and talks like a duck, it's it's a duck, and mm-hmm. and. Eventually, you just you are who you are, and 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 I'm not in Kyrie Irving's brain. I'm not him. I but I just I I, I just don't I, I just can't go there. And and I think that's um, that's why it, it's it's forever going to follow him around. You know, he said something in his press conference. Well, I never felt like I was really respected with the Nets. I'm like, why would they respect you? You two way street. Yeah, yeah. You, you, uh, and again, his, his personal decision to not get vaccinated. I, I understand that. Uh, but above and beyond that, he, he did what he did this year with the retweet. He, he, you know, he flaked on the Celtics. He flaked on the, he flaked on the Cavaliers. Um, he, you know, a couple of years ago, he was healthy with the Nets and he just said, ah, I'm just going to take two weeks off in the middle of the season. I just don't feel like playing for a couple of weeks, you know, and yep. just, just, just stuff like that. It's like, well, yeah, I wouldn't respect you either. I'm sorry. Um, you know, talent only gets you so far when it comes to the respect factor, and I and I think that's that's why he, he is viewed the way that he is. And and I'm sorry. I just I just I can't respect the guy uh, because yeah. of his 
inconsistencies as we go back to our theme of our podcast. So you know what? It'd be interesting if you know ESPN obviously has those thirty for thirties that are fairly popular. Yeah. If somebody could ever do one when the Nets got Kyrie and James Harden and you know Durant, you're thinking, holy cow! This oh yeah. Is like and, this is going to be phenomenal. And then how many games they actually played together. And, 10. Yeah. They only played crazy. 10 games together. Yes. And I, I they, they went through the whole thing on the podcast I was listening to, but basically it was something like Kyrie and Kevin Durant in the last three years out of like 200 games, 210 games, they played 75 games together or something like that. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, and, and so I don't know. It, you just, it just comes a point, like I said, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck, and and you are who you are, and and let's see how many more, you know, a tiger doesn't change its stripes. I'm going to see how many more cliches I can come up with, and yeah. and you know, again, I think you lose credibility as a franchise if you continually invest in something that is obviously, for whatever reason, is flawed, you know, and and that's 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 my thought. So. I've heard somebody say before, when somebody shows you who they are, don't ever forget that. Yeah. And, you know, and so, again, just cliches and stuff, but just something to keep in mind. And I think he'll be in Dallas because, you know, the, the contract goes, it's done in a year. Yeah. I think that's how long he'll spend. And then he'll see if somebody else will pay him an absorbed amount of money to go and play 20 games. Yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So, uh, Tony, great discussion this week. Really good stuff, buddy. Uh, anything else to add? You know, it's just it, it's a, it's a tough thing this time of the year um, when you get down to the end of it. But the thing to keep in mind, like you know, you were talking about, be consistent. If you're talking about playing the best players, and you know, and you've given kids chances and opportunities. There comes that point in time as you get to the postseason, because like we talked about, that's when legacies are cemented and different things that, that are related to that, that you have to uh, narrow things down and put your, put your team in the best position you can come February, March to, to do some special things. Yeah. And if you've been clear, if your communication has been concise, if your expectations have been clear, if your... Uh, definition of, you know, this is what's going to get you on the floor. Hey, kids, this is what's going to keep you on the floor. If you do this and this and this and this, you got a real chance to be on the floor and and so forth and so on. All of that stuff, all of that groundwork that you've laid in the summer, in November, in December, in, in January, uh, that's that's what you hope will uh, help those situations. And it's, it's never going to be perfectly smooth. You find very few situations that are perfectly smooth, but uh, it will give you a better chance to make it as smooth as possible by going through those things and making sure that you've done that. So, uh, great talk this week. The Jawan Howard episode, episode number 25, uh, narrowing down your rotations. Uh, Tony, we forgot to get Chad Angel on. Again, Chad, we're sorry we couldn't pitch in tonight. Uh, so sorry for that. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day 